Welcome to the Gospel Doctor Podcast, a show that has been designed to help born-again believers realize who we are in Christ and to truly understand the power and the potential of the gospel that has been entrusted to us. My name is Prince John, and I'm the son of the king. Hey there! Hope you all are doing fine. You're listening to the series called When Plague Met Divine Nature. Now, this is a two-part series. Uh, in this series, we will be discussing two specific incidents which happened in history. Now, these are from non-biblical sources, but they are partly mentioned in the Bible, especially the first one we are talking about. Uh, and it's relevant to what we are facing today in the light of the coronavirus. Now, today is the 9th of March 2020, and as of today, the coronavirus is taking a lot of lives. As of today, the New York Times reports that the virus has infected more than 113,000 people in at least 97 countries. Also, the total number of deaths have been reported to be 4,027. And there is a lot of panic which is going around. And people are panic buying food, sanitizers, toilet papers. Um, and this is happening in the world right now. People are going through a lot of fear. But as believers, are we supposed to live in fear? That is the reason why I thought of doing this podcast. And I wanted to bring your attention to this incident in particular in the AD 28. Okay? So, this is not fiction. This is something which happened and it has been taken from reliable sources. Okay? And the first one is Jesus and the bubonic plague. Now, this incident, which I'm talking about, it is, it is mentioned in the Bible, but it is mentioned very briefly. I have taken this information, which I'm going to present to you now, uh, and I owe it to Dr. Ron Charles, often described as the Christian Indiana Jones, who is a famous historian. This guy is a famous historian. And I've done years of study on the history of Jesus and the Bible. He's a New York Times best-selling author and has traveled the globe discovering historic accounts of Jesus and the Bible. This guy has a lot of wonderful information, and I and I really encourage that you guys check out uh, his websites, books, and all that amazing stuff. Now, in the Bible, there are a, there are a lot of miracles of Jesus mentioned, right? We read a lot of them. All of them are actually amazing, but there is this one incident, which happened in Luke four verse thirty eight, which is not explained much. This is what it says. Luke 4, verse 38. Then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she got up and waited on them. I was reading from the New American Standard Bible, and you're free to use whichever version you want. But let's go to that verse again. So we see that Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from high fever. 
Now, you may think, the Bible is full of amazing miracles. You see Jesus raising the dead, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000. It is also mentioned that he healed everyone who came to him. So what was the need? And why did Luke, the physician of all people, the Luke, the physician, why did he mention this trivial fever, high fever? That that should have been something, right? Why did he use that space for that? Was it because it was Peter's mother-in-law? Of course not. I don't think it is. Then what is it? There are so many miracles mentioned in the Bible. It's said that um, almost 90% of the miracles mentioned in the Bible, they have they have we, we can verify those events using historical reliable sources by non-biblical writers almost more than 90 percent of it now there were roman and greek historians and many of them were eyewitnesses to many of these accounts and this particular incident of luke 4 verse 38 can also be found in non-biblical sources now, this happened in the September of the year AD 28, but it actually began a couple of years prior to that in the year AD 25. At this time, Rome was involved in trade from all over the world. They traded tin from England, gold from what is known as Russia, salt from Austria, horses from Spain, spices from Nepal, and also part of India. These trades used to happen in caravans, and they had all these caravan routes. Now, in the year January of AD 25, there was a caravan van with spices that was leaving what is now known as the Nepal-Tibet area on its way to Rome, because that was part of the trade. But as the caravan continued its journey to Rome, it was noticed that many people were getting sick and they were not very sure why. They were not just getting sick, but they were just, they were dying. And not only the caravans, but the towns and the villages that were, that they went through were getting sick and people were dying. This was the bubonic plague. But at this point in history, the world had not seen any bubonic plague and hence, nobody knew what the symptoms of the bubonic plague was. Bubonic plague was one of the most contagious diseases in the world at that time. They had no idea what to do and what caused it. However, we know today that it is caused by fleas that are hosted on rats. And the fleas carry the disease. And as the rat rats bite these people, the fleas suck the blood from the individuals and they receive the disease. Now, I'm no doctor, so I don't, I cannot say a lot of this in detail, but it was accompanied by shortness of breath to begin with. Also, chills in your body, sweating profusely. Eventually, the disease would dissolve the, the body organs inside the person, and, and they would end up throwing up portions of their own body organs. It was horrific. The tip of the fingers of the people affected by it would turn black. And that is why the bubonic plague was also called the Black Death. Sometimes the disease would develop so quickly 
and the affected person would develop tumors inside their and under their arms and neck. This disease would go through all these stages in a matter of six to seven days sometimes, or even weeks, and then the person would die almost surely. This disease was highly contagious. No question about that. If a tumor was formed, it would sometimes burst and the fluid inside the tumors would go into the air and anyone who breathed that air and, and that would go into the lungs and the disease goes through the bloodstream, heart, lungs and so forth and the person would die for sure. Now the final stage of the disease was the fever and once the fever hit, it was a point of no return. High fever was the point of no return. It is understood that the caravans went on its route. The fleas that were originally on the rats jumped on the camels and donkeys of the caravans as they continued traveling towards Rome. Hence, they carried the disease all the way to Rome. The report was that Tiberius Caesar, who was ruling during that time, said that it could it could be that the disease is spread by the caravans, but they were not very sure about that. They began to watch very closely on the proceedings, and because the disease was taken off, taking the lives of many people, they started to look into it more seriously. They started off with 100 people, 1,000, 1,300, and then Tiberius Caesar finally orders an investigation into the matter to find out Find out what's happening. Let's get to the bottom of this. He sends his governor of medicine, and his name was Marcus Americus, to the banks of Euphrates River to wait for the caravan and stop it at the eastern bank so that they would be able to study and find out the cause and the cure of this deadly disease. Everything seemed well and they came to the conclusion that once person develops tumors, if you burst open those tumors and catch the fluids before it goes to the air, you might have a chance, the person might have a chance. However, it was not easy to do that because of several reasons and the disease, disease kept spreading. When it started increasing rapidly, they came up with an idea to burn the houses of the people infected with this plague with them inside it. It was a very, very horrific and very, very brutal plan, but it was working. It was somewhat successful in bringing down the disease for a while, and the fatality rate because of the disease tremendously dropped to about 40%. It seemed that the only solution was to burn the people who had the plague sad. However, unfortunately, the disease spread to Galilee in August of the year AD 28. It finally reached Galilee. People were really scared of the disease and they forsook their fields and their fishing businesses because they feared sickness tremendously. It had reached Galilee after all. Now, this is the context of Luke 4 verse 38. Now, Jesus was in Capernaum at this time, and he was in the synagogue, when, and he is in the synagogue when it happens. Lucretia, 
who was the mother-in-law of Peter, according to the early church history, became sick with bubonic plague. It wasn't good. It didn't look good at all. She had all the symptoms of the sickness, but she had not developed a fever yet, which was the last stage, so it seemed okay to that point. But when Jesus, so when Jesus went to, went to the synagogue in the beginning of that verse, she has not developed a fever. But then when Jesus was in the synagogue, he got the word that Lucretia developed a fever. So now Lucretia was guaranteed to die. Now Simon Peter and Andrew or anyone would not be able to go anywhere close to her because she they would get contaminated as well. But Jesus knew that it was contagious. Now, Marcus Americus also knew this, that, that it was very contagious and that Lucretia had the sickness. So what he did, he and his men were waiting outside to burn the house with them inside it. They had no choice but to die. Jesus, knowing that it was contagious, he knew the symptoms. He knew what would happen if he would get in contact with Lucretia. He left the synagogue anyway, and he went to the house of Lucretia. Now, he entered the room knowing fully well that Marcus America's men was outside and the torch, with the torch and was waiting for an opportunity to set the house on fire. Jesus willingly and purposely went inside the house, knowing that the people outside would set the house with fire, on fire with him inside it. Now we have the records of Marcus Americus. And he actually wrote about this. Can you believe it? He wrote about this. The guy who was standing with the torch outside, ready to let the house on fire. He writes what he saw. This is what he wrote. The rabbi from Capernaum came to the home and he entered the home knowing fully well that he would never come out and that he would be shut up in the home. But he seemed to have no fear and went in. He took the diseased by the hand and lifted her up and she was made whole that day. This is what Marcus Americus wrote. Now, usually, even if they cut the tumors with high quarantine and took a lot of care, a person with bubonic plague would at least take 710 days, almost two years, to fully recover and get out of bed. And yet here was Lucretia completely healed and serving Jesus. Marcus Americus writes something at the end. This, this really touched him. I don't know if he became a Christian or not, or if he believed in Jesus, but this really touched him. And, and this is available for you guys to read as well. This is what Marcus Americus wrote. It is something that I cannot comprehend. Because on this day and this hour, the disease was completely stopped in the city of Capernaum. And then 
all people who had the plague from nearby places were brought to the doorstep of Lucretia's home, and Jesus healed every one of them. Now, this is Marcus Americus, the medical governor of Rome during the time of Tiberius Caesar, who wrote this. This is non-biblical source. However, in the Bible, it just says two lines about it, that it that he, he rebuked the fever and it left her. But dear brother and sister in Christ, it was no mere fever. It was the Black Death. It was the bubonic plague. And yet, Jesus rebuked the fever and it went. Now, it was... If Jesus had not stopped the bubonic plague at that time, it would have caused the deaths of millions. It took Jesus with the power and authority to, to Jesus's power and authority to heal everyone. Today Jesus says that, just as God has sent me, I send you. And this is written in John in John 20 verse 21. We have been called to live like Jesus did. Not in fear. I know many places are regulated by the law, but we have been called to live like Jesus.